Right then, we're just going to um, spend a bit of time, just a moment, in reflection as we come before our amazing God. Let's remember who we've. Let's remember who is the reason why we're here. We're not just here for for friends and socialising and fun, are we? As much as that can be a part of it, we are family after all. But we're His family, so it's just good to recognise who we're coming before before we sing our first song. Psalm 148. I'm just going to work our way through, I think it's 15 verses of Psalm 148. Let's just reflect on this just for a moment. It says this, Praise the Lord, praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. It's just saying that beyond what we can see and touch and smell, he is, he is king of the spiritual realm as well. He, he rules above everything that is visible and invisible. He rules. And therefore, if he rules above everything we can see and not see, he deserves all the praise, doesn't he? Even just verse 1 is enough reason alone for us to praise him. But then it continues. Uh, from verse 3, praise him, sun and moon. This is the stuff we can see now. Sun and moon, praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens. These are the physical heavens now. And you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord. For he commanded and they were created. Just by his word. And he established them forever and ever. He gave a decree and it shall not pass away. So everything that's above us in the physical heavens as well, the physical realm, he rules over. This is this, just these few verses of an acknowledgement of what we can see, what's in creation, and why. It was created by him and therefore designed to give him glory. Again, another reason to give him all the praise, isn't it? And yet, it continues. Verse 7, Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures, and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and mist, stormy wind, fulfilling his word. Mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, beasts and all livestock, creeping things and flying birds. So same from the depths of the ocean right to the atmosphere and all that happens up there. Again, they obey his design. They obey his decree and his command, which shows that, again, even this planet itself in its cycles and its rhythms is worshipping him by the way it's been set up by their creator. And then verse 11 comes to us humans, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and maidens together, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord for his name alone is exalted. His majesty is above earth and heaven. Just need to remember what I was preaching a few weeks ago from Luke, that he is the authority above every single Authority And like these verses here in this psalm, they say, praising him is a call for everyone to fulfill. Whether we're powerful, or we're weak, or we're young, or we're old, or we're rich, or we're poor. It says, let them, whoever they are, praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. And then it focuses down yet more. It keeps coming, coming down in the microscope, doesn't it? And it focuses down, it's reached humanity, and then within humanity it reaches his people. His family, saved through his son, us. It says, he has raised up a horn for his people, praise for all his saints, for the people of Israel, and that includes us now, who are near to him. Praise the Lord. As his people, he gives us strength, which we'll be talking about in a moment. He gives us strength 
And so we get to praise him all the more. As, as he lifts us up in his grace, we get to lift him up in our praise. Amen. So do you want to stand? Let's praise the Lord. We're going to sing a song. Just using my phone this morning. We're going to sing Praise Him, You Heavens. Great in power. Let's stand. Yeah, Lord, we celebrate you and we thank you for the one who rules above all things, above all human kings, above all heavenly authorities. You are the authority above authorities and we celebrate you for who you are, not just what you do. We thank you, Lord. Help us this morning to hear your voice, to sense your nudges, to respond in obedience and to follow you all the more because you're amazing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you'd like to take your seats. Now then, to explain today's theme, uh, we're going to tax your brains. Uh, who likes having their brains taxed? A few. A very few. <laughs> That's concerning. Okay, let's give it a go. We're going to play a game, just for the next few minutes. Just got a few slides to come up on the screen of then and now. Okay, then and now. One of them is the other way around. You'll find out why in a minute. It's a then and now. Uh, first, sometimes it's a person, sometimes it's a place. We're going to see them then. You've got to guess what they are now, or you're going to see it now. You've got to guess what it was then. So, first of all, can we have the first slide up, please, Paul? Now, this young man in the red top here, you've got to guess who that might be. Bev might be able to shout out in a minute. We'll see if anyone else thinks they know. Bev, Bev definitely knows. I think she's looking very confident. Barb's got an idea. Jenny's got an idea. Right, Bev, you were first. Who do you think it is? Gareth Southgate. Very good. Go for it, Paul. Good spot. Gareth Southgate. I remember him from the Palace days in the early 90s. I remember. I was there. And then, then I dumped him when I met Jenny. Um, okay, this next one is, a, is a now versus then. So we can go for the next slide, please, Paul. What is that? Anybody ever? A wall. Very good. Who was that? <laughs> what? is that is now, what did it used to be? Interesting. Who has the remotest clue? I don't think you can even see the writing to have an idea of what that might, might give you a clue if you could see what the writing is. You can see it carries on further into the trees as well. It's quite a long one. It's probably longer than, it, longer than you think. Anna and Nora have an idea. Anna, what do you think it might be? A castle. That's a good guess. Good guess. Nora, what do you think? An old church. Good, good, good one. And KC, one more. A temple. So we're going for buildings, aren't we? Should we find out what it used to be? Go for it, Paul. It's the Berlin Wall. It's the Berlin Wall that was up from 61 to 89 off the top of my head. Cutting Berlin into during the Cold War, East and West Germany, and so on. That's what it used to be. Amazing. See what it is now. Praise the Lord. <laughs> it's ruins in a forest in most ways. There's a few bits left for museum purposes, aren't there? Okay, the next one. Who is this young man right in the middle? What's that, Cubs or Scouts or something? Who is that young man? And you will all know him. Did you think that as well? Very good. He is... Mr. B, look at that beautiful face. I really hope that's his passport photo. <laughs> okay, 
Okay, we're going to go for the next one then. What is it? One for the kids first to shout out. What, what is that? Children, do you know what that is? It's a fishing. It is about fishing. Who knows the official name? One of the children. Go on, Anna. Do you know it? It's in the ocean. Kai, you haven't had a go yet. Coral fish. Very good. There's a name for it. Go on then. Great Coral Reef, Great Barrier Reef. It is the Great Barrier Reef. You know what's coming up next now, don't you? Should we look at it now? That's horrible, isn't it? That's awful. Such a shame. Sometimes things don't always change for the better, do they? Okay, we've got a few more. Next one, please, Paul. Who is this young lady? Oh, Sarah, Sarah's a bit good. Do you play all those Facebook quizzes? Are you off Facebook now? Okay, we'll let you have first dibs in just a sec. Let everybody else have a little... Yeah, Margaret thinks she knows, Bob, Iris. Go on in, Sarah, you were first with your hand. It is Kate Middleton. There she is. <laughs> One of our duchesses, stroke kind of princess. Okay, a couple more. For, uh, who is that young lad in the red trunks with a toast rack for a chest? I still look like that, don't I? Okay, that's it. It is me. I turned. <laughs> Praise the Lord that I turned out all right. Look. It's when I had hair. Well, vi viral wig. Okay, and the last one, you'll get this. What is that? It's the old casino which became a cinema and got rebuilt and became its vibe. It's right where we're standing. Do you want to go back, see what it was like, 1906? That's this building, 1906. Then there was a, became a cinema, got set on fire, got rebuilt, cinema again, and then now it looks like that. That is vibe. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. So, yeah, I know, it's us. Can you, are you waving out the window? Can you see your face? It's a live photo. Right. The reason I'm, I'll show that is to, today we're going to talk about change. We're going to talk about change. Not all change is for good, as we've already seen with the Great Barrier Reef. Not, not all change is for good. Sometimes it can be for the worse, but change can be for the better. And today we're going to look at what Jesus can and does do in us, something which we can never do, and that is a change for the best. Amen. One that is inside change as well as outside change, and isn't just about making a difference, but it's about making us a different person which is radically, radically different. I know um, self-help books, they've been, they've been the rage for decades now, haven't they? You get the self-help section in bookshops and things like that. I have friends who have been using self-help books for years, and they're still buying them. And I think there's a reason why. <laughs> while, they, while they can be helpful, they are not the solution to the things we find in our hearts. There's a reason why we can't fix ourselves, and the Bible calls that sin. And sin has infected every part of us, and without Jesus, we'll never be fully cured. Uh, we can acquire new habits, and that can be a good thing, and we, sh we should, should try to. We can make choices. We have choices to make. We're not puppets. We have responsibility in that. But somewhere along the way, we will mess up again, because sin infects every part of us. Who, who can see this in themselves? Who's willing to put their hand up and go, yeah, that's me, yeah, yeah, we're all there, aren't we? Who, who, uh, who remembers CDs, compact discs, 
Back in the olden days. Who remembers tapes? Who remembers vinyl? Yeah. You can still buy vinyl. You can still get the latest records on vinyl sometimes. It just costs a lot. You can. But what are you laughing at? But, but do you remember when you used to get your, oh, I'm going to play my favourite Erasure or Bon Jovi album on CD or my old Led Zeppelin on LP and I'm going to get it out. And you get it out and you slide out the record or CD from the cover and it's not that one. You ever done that? It's like it got put back wrong. And there's some, nothing more frustrating than trying to find out where the disc you want actually is. Sometimes what's inside isn't always what the outside looks like. And sometimes we as humans, we can try and clean up the outside, but actually there's still something going on in here that we need, to, we need Jesus for, don't we? Um, for, uh, for the next bit, I'm going to need a volunteer. Now, a volunteer who's under 10 will be perfect. Anybody who wants to volunteer who's under the age of 10 is willing to come up here and help me out for the next bit. Literally no one. <laughs> Esme, come on then. Come on down. Yeah, give her a big round of applause. She's very brave because she doesn't know what she's in for. Okay, if you want to stand here and face me. Now, we're going to have to have a little chat because we'll have to whisper it so nobody else hears. Okay, but... See, it's me leading this morning, so I didn't really want to lead guitar as well because it would be a bit of a Stevie show, wouldn't it? We don't want that, do we? So I thought, who else could lead worship this morning? But I know Rachel's been really busy, and she's, she's on for another week. And Pete, he's away this weekend with family, so we haven't got any more musicians. So I thought, how about a guest worship leader, right? But, but no one was available. So would you help pretend to be a guest worship leader if we disguise you and they won't know? I'm whispering so they can't hear me. Okay, do you reckon? Should we give it a go? Should we dress you up and see what happens? Okay, right. So, what does a worship leader need to wear? How about the kind of? Oh, I know. Let's make you taller first, because then they definitely won't know it's you. Should we make you taller? Let's do that first. Here we go. So, if I put that there, if you stand on that, ah, they'll never know it's you now. Okay. Now then, what do musicians wear? Sometimes the rock vibe, they like the leather jacket, don't they? Sometimes musicians like to wear a leather jacket. Do you want to put this leather jacket on? Here we go, let me help you. Oh my goodness, looking cool already and nothing like Esme because you're taller and you look like a rocker. Here we go, okay. So now, what else will make you look like a cool musician and they never notice you? I know, how about the hat belonging to the coolest person in the room? Yeah? Cool. Okay. So there we go. Did that belong to the coolest person in the room? She took her a moment. Took her a moment. Okay. A uh, couple more things. How about if we change your face a little bit? How about, should I make that a bit tighter? What's that do? That's a bit better, isn't it? Okay. If we change your face and then when we turn you around, they won't know it's you. Um, I've got. You look amazing. Okay, and one more thing. What does a worship leader need to lead worship with? An instrument, an instrument. So I've got the best instrument going for worship leading, the most practical one going. I've got you a saxophone, because there's nothing cooler than Kenny G. Okay, do you want to turn around? Ready? Ladies and gentlemen, to lead worship this morning, we have Gloria, Glory Giver. Whee! You can come and take a photo if you want. Do you want me to take a close-up photo for you? Here, here comes Mel. 
She's not taking a photo of Esme. This is Gloria, glory giver. Here we go, yeah. Photo up, looking amazing. And no one's got a clue it's Esme. This is amazing. What do you reckon? So, would you like to lead us in worship now? What? Is that a problem? Is that a bit scary? Why, why would it be scary? Because you don't know how to. Are, are you not Gloria Glory Giver? I thought you were. Who are you? I'm Esme. Oh, you're still Esme underneath. Oh, that's where I've gone wrong. Should we give her a big round of applause? <laughs> I can't. That's it. Give me that. Give me the coat. And you can keep the saxophone. You can take that with you for the next song. Well done. Thank you, Esme. You're a star. See, the trouble there, we're only altering appearance, weren't we? We're only altering the outside. It wasn't true change, was it? And the Bible promises us that Jesus can change us on the inside as well as the outside. And he continues to ensure that we can become more like him as a result as well. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It's an amazing verse in the Bible. It says, if anyone is in Christ, anyone, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Who here is in Christ? You are, whether you feel like it or not, whether you look like it or not, you are a new creation. It says the old has passed away. This is definitive. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And so we're going to sing a song that talks about exactly that. And then after that, we're going to look a bit more about how this works and what we can do about it. Shall we sing I Am A New Creation? Would you like to stand? Just for the next bit. Because, yeah, as much as I was talking earlier about people who love a good self-help book and so on, but can oftentimes struggle to still see a lasting transformation, there can be the same amount of people who don't seek to change um, even when they need to. Um, some people might say, it's just the way I am, I can't help it. Well, that last bit's kind of true, in as much as while we can and while we should take responsibility for our choices and for our behaviour, ultimately what's at the root of it all is sin, like I was saying earlier, a selfish heart which we can't fix. But as Christians, however, this now means that we do have the means to change for the best, for our best, for others' best, and for God's glory, because we have been saved by the one who can do exactly that in us, the one who is the solution, Jesus. But other times you might hear people say, is the phrase, a leper can't change its spots. They're, they're never going to change. They're always going to be the same. And while, again, that's kind of true, when we see that without God's help, we are stuck in a, in a, in a selfish loop of sin as human beings, Anyway, and some people, therefore, there's a very good, that's a very good reason why people do struggle to change. That's true. But that doesn't mean anyone is beyond transformation. Because in Jesus, again, we suddenly we find the answer. No one is a lost cause in Jesus' eyes. And that includes any of you, and that includes me. No one is a lost cause in Jesus' eyes. Whether that's someone you're praying for, and you think they're never going to change. Believe that Jesus can and does. 
whether we're talking about you or me or someone else, the truth is that Jesus' invitation to transform and to renew is always right there, is always readily available. Because of his work on the cross, where he bore the consequence of sin on our behalf and he killed death on its own doorstep as he rose from the grave. In that, Jesus proved he is the way to new life and a new heart. There's a wonderful verse in Ezekiel chapter 36, just reading from the Common English Bible, just because the language helps us here. It says, I will give you, this is God speaking himself, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove your stony heart from your body and replace it with a living one. If you are in him, you are a new creation. And we can still feel the lingering shadow of our old self, with its old habits, old desires, old ways of thinking. That can linger, that can cling. We can struggle to shake it off. Sometimes we give in to it. Sometimes it's just there nagging us. That's still there, but that isn't us. That's our old self. It's a shadow, but it does still cling sometimes. But if we now belong to Jesus, he enables us to fully change because we are now changed from the inside out, not trying to do it from the outside in. And the more we let him do his work in us, the more we'll see it on the outside. Uh, We're just going to hear a couple of testimonies from a couple of people in just a moment. But Ephesians 4, uh, uh, from verse 20 there, Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus, and the same applies to us. He's saying to them, you used to be this kind of people. This is what you used to be, but you're no longer that. This is what he says. He's talking about, you used to be these people who lack all sense of right and wrong, and who have turned themselves over to doing whatever feels good, and to practicing every sort of corruption along with greed. But you didn't learn that sort of thing from Christ. Since you really listened to him and you were taught how the truth is in Jesus, change the former way of life that was part of the person you once were, corrupted by deceitful desires. Instead, renew the thinking in your mind by the spirits with his help and clothe yourself with a new person created according to God's image in justice and true holiness. He's saying simply step into who you actually are. Don't live like who you used to be. Step into who you are. To live for Jesus means to live differently with his help. And this outside change, which then brings him glory, it starts on the inside. That's why the Bible uses the language being born again. That's why we use the language being born again, because Jesus did. But it's literally about being born again spiritually. It's about internal transformation by Holy Spirit's power and it's not just about that moment he gives us the help along the way to keep becoming more and more like him so with that in mind I've asked I've asked Helen and I've asked uh, Jenny just to share a little bit of their story about how they're different because of Jesus just to encourage each one of us Helen do you want to come up first thank you mate and Lily sorry Lily might have something to say do you want it on the stand She doesn't like all the cables. So Steve asked me to say how, what, how I've changed since becoming a Christian. Um, and some of you here have known me since the very start. Uh, and some of you for not, for not so very long. And I came to this church a very broken person. Um, I had a background of abuse, I had serious mental health issues, 
I was coping by self-harming. Um, I've been involved with the mental health se services for quite a few years and I've been on lots of different medications and seen therapists, psychiatrists, doctors, and nothing was really helping until I came here. And I used to walk through those doors at C Street hating myself, thinking I was worthless and unlovable. But the people here showed me love and I started to slowly change. And I remember someone saying that it was like each week the dimmer switch was being turned up a little bit. Even my doctor asked me what was different. It's taken years of healing, of truly understanding God's unconditional love for me, and it's not been easy. I met the man here who I thought I would grow old with, but that wasn't to be. He couldn't help let God help him change at that time. And I thought I'd been broken all over again. But now I see that that was just part of my journey, that I needed deeper healing. Uh, and it was then that I was diagnosed with dissociative identity disorder, which really helped me understand what was going on and actually helped me be able to heal. And I found two amazing Christians, one reasonably close by in Whitstable, and the other one who lives in Canada, and I've never met in real life. Um, and they walked with me through this journey um, for the past seven years as I carried on healing. So last night, when I was a bit anxious about doing this, I uh, sent out a quick message to my growth group asking how they thought I changed. And they said things like that I'm more open and able to ask for help when I need it. Uh, apparently, I have a dry sense of humor that I've started to show. I'm friendlier and I join in more. I'm flourishing. I've taken on things that would have terrified me before and I smile. Thank you. I've also learned to express myself by writing words and if it's okay, I um, wrote this sitting there last Sunday when I was, probably wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing. But, uh, and the family keeps growing. Beacon has been my family for 12 years. In that time, I have changed so much. The church has changed so much. I have grown in so many ways. My faith has become my way. I know the truth of the past, the present, and the future, and my, hope, my life has a hope for tomorrow. Our church has grown, moved, and moved again, but who our church is hasn't changed. The fact that I have a family here hasn't changed. The people I care about and who care about me are still here and have grown in number, teaching me love, joy, and faithfulness. Change is hard, change takes time, change is scary, but to change is brave. It takes courage to step forward into uncertainty, to look forward to the unknown. So as we enter into another new season of change, I feel anxiety. Everything seems to be changing at once. Work, study, church, small groups, but I just have to take one step at a time, safe in the knowledge that there is one who will never change, the one who can give me all the strength and courage that I need. Jesus is right there before me, beside me, behind me. Lord, help me with the next season of life to keep walking with you on my healing journey. Amen.
Thank you, Helen. That was amazing. Jenny, do you want to come and share a bit of your story as well, babe? Thank you. Do you want to hold it? or? Um, yeah, Helen, you are so amazing. <laughs> you have changed so much, and it is brilliant to see you smile on a Sunday and to see the joy that Lily gives you and to see how much you've grown in your own home and uh, in your job. So... Well done, you. Um, my test me is nothing like that. My test me is really boring. Um, I became a Christian at 16, so I hadn't really... I would say I hadn't really... My mum's here, so I've got to be careful what I say. Um, I hadn't really lived that much, shall we say, but I had lived quite a bit. <laughs> um, so I did drink, I did smoke... Uh, all those kinds of stuff, did go out with boys and um, was in many ways a typical 16-year-old when I became a Christian. So I was fairly young and I hadn't developed too many bad habits, I hope. So um, change from when I became a Christian was probably quite subtle. I stopped drinking and getting drunk. I didn't get drunk that much, but I knew when to stop after I became a Christian, I stopped smoking, but that was possibly partly to do with my granddad having lung cancer and carrying the contents of his lungs in a demijohn. But um, other than that, I kind of got rid of some of those things. And um, my taste in boys wasn't great, was it, Mum? Yeah. Uh, I kissed a few frogs before I met my prince, and I, they, they were probably more toads, actually. Um, and so... Uh, kind of changing my opinion on what I was looking for in a man, probably uh, that that changed once I became a Christian, very much so. Uh, I would have met Steve anyway, because he was going out with my mate, but um, <laughs> we probably wouldn't have got together, and um, if I'd have carried on without being a Christian, even if we'd got married, I don't think we'd have probably stayed together. Um, I've always been emotional, I've always been a crier, but I think I... Um, my crying is less a selfish thing and more of an empathic thing these days. Um, so that's kind of how I've actually changed. I've changed by having, you know, seeking gifts of the spirit and having been more prophetic and things like that. But I'm going to kind of go a bit into the Marvel universe now. And those of you that love the Marvel universe will have hopefully have been watching Loki. Cool. There's one, two, three. Yeah, cool. Right. So in Loki, there's parallel universes. Okay. So I'm looking at what would my life have been like in a parallel universe where Jenny didn't become Christian? My taste in men was atrocious. Um, so, and I'd, I'd have done almost anything for him as well. I was just a bit sappy. So I, I think I'd have probably married the wrong man. Uh, parallel universe Jenny would probably still be drinking quite a lot smoking probably, um, you know, just not living life how God wants me to live. So, um, yeah, I just want to say becoming a Christian, it kind of takes your life down a completely different pathway, doesn't it? Those of you that became a Christian really young, you can't necessarily say, oh, my life would have been this or that. But um, changes are sometimes subtle and um, changes come from like the Holy Spirit, like I was saying, like you get gifts and you seek gifts and God blesses you by the Holy Spirit with gifts. 
but also you are given the word. And um, I remember for a, a long time, I uh, I was like praying over the, the verse that talks about speaking, your speech always being seasoned with salt and being full of grace or something. And that, that was that I carried for a long time and I really seek to change in that. And I think I did. Um, so you have the word to help you change, but also you have um, your brothers and sisters. Iron sharpens iron in the Bible. And um, I've really learned the gift of generosity, particularly from John and Joe. Um, um, but their, their heart, for their generosity, their just heart for people and to, to bless others, you know, without worrying about themselves. And they're just like, oh, so... You challenge one another. You challenge, um, you change. You have got the power to help change people in this room. You have got the Holy Spirit in you because you are in Christ and you can help other people to change and become who God wants them to be because we are changing, hopefully, daily to become more and more like him. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, Jen. We would all be radically different people if it wasn't for Jesus wouldn't we? There's a reason why he unlocks what we've needed all along. There's a reason why Christianity used to be called the way. That was, that was the name. It's the way because suddenly you've got a new direction, a new true north in your compass, a new path to take. He is the way, the truth, the life. And as we walk the way, we go into a parallel universe. You, go into, you become someone you'd never have been and it's only possible for him. And it's not just about us being better people. It's about bringing him the glory as well. And the one who makes it possible, there's a reason why. It's because he is unchangeable. Helen just referred to that just now. Jesus, the one who changes us, is unchangeable, which is why this change that's possible in him is, is possible, because he is unchanging. So it'll always be available. Hebrews 1, verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Full stop. That full stop's really important. <laughs> Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is completely good, and he will see that everything he promised will come true. And that includes his promise to give us new hearts, to make us new people, to help us change for the best. One more verse before we go into a prayer time. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 says, All of us are looking with unveiled faces at the glory of the Lord, as if we were looking in a mirror. Jesus makes that possible. He pulls that veil down so we can see him in a new way. And then it says, because of that, we are being transformed into that same image from one degree of glory to another. We're suddenly made new creations, but it takes degree after degree after degree of change, as we've been hearing in these stories, turning up that dimmer switch, seeing him more and more on the outside. Who wants to see more and more of him on our outside? I know I do. I know I need to. So with that in mind, what we're going to do, we're just going to spend um, um, some time before God. Just We're just going to see what he wants to say to us, and we're going to respond. Whatever age we are, whether you're five years old, 50 years old, 100 years old, doesn't matter. Whatever age we are, parents can help out here. We all have something he'd like to talk to us about. Is there anybody here like Jesus? Just check, pardon. <laughs> just check in. Oh, oh she likes him. But no one here who looks like Jesus, who acts like Jesus all the time. No, we've all got something. There might be sinful habits. There might be things we've been avoiding. There might be things where we keep trying to keep control in situations. It might be where we just keep giving into temptation, whatever it might be. This isn't just about digging for dirt. 
But this is just about letting him do some heart surgery in the next few minutes. He's got something he wants to talk to us, each of us about, isn't he? And this is, like I say, this is not primarily about us becoming better people. If that's the primary focus, we're doing it for the wrong reason. This is about an act of worship that then gives him all the glory. Us changing is about us wanting to change, which then becomes our worship, looking in his direction and not our own. Remember what I said at the beginning about Psalm 148, about the whole planet. It can't help bringing worship to him because he's made it to do so. Giving him glory and acknowledgement by its rhythms and its behaviours, that's all a clue to who should reign in our own hearts. We should be heading more and more in his direction with how we live and move and have our being. That's something that's called repentance. Turning away from what we've done, things we've always done, things we keep turning back to, is turning away from them, things we've always wanted, things that ultimately bring us dirt and darkness and decay. We know that when we're looking at it when we're honest with ourselves, but it's about turning towards him, his way, the one who gives us life and perfect love. And I know I need more of that and I want more of that, don't you? So we're going to do two things. You've got your people and your pencil and your peg, and you'll notice there is a washing line over near Mel. Drew, give us a wave. Glamorous assistant, well done, mate. There is a washing line over here. What are we going to do? I'm just going to play part, we won't do the whole song, just for a couple of minutes, play part of a song, and we're not going to sing to it, we're just going to spend a time in reflection, start off with thankfulness. We're going to thank him for ways in which he has already changed us. We're not just going to go digging for dirt and looking at the negative, let's start with the positive, let's thank him for ways he has changed us already. So just while this next song, just part of this next song plays, just maybe you're kinder, Maybe you're more generous, maybe you're more patient, maybe you're more gentle, no longer stuck in sinful cycles. Think about the, the fruit of the Spirit that should be evident the more we allow Holy Spirit to work through us. That's what this is about. You know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness. Have I missed one? And self-control. There are ways in which we recognize I'm more of that because of him. Because otherwise I wouldn't be. So just think about ways you can thank him while this song plays. And then we're going to ask him for a way in which we, we can, he wants us to change next. If there's something he wants to talk to us about. And that's what the person is for in a minute. We're going to write on that. You don't have to be explicit. You can keep it anonymous. You can put your name on it. You can just put a, draw, draw a picture. Or you can write a prayer, whatever it might be. But we're going to do that. And then that's going to go on the washing line for us to ask him for our cleansing and, our, and help to change. But first of all, let's just spend time in thankfulness. Just quietly. You don't have to write anything. Let me just play this next song, just part of it. Okay, now I'm just going to play another song. Again, it's, you can sing along too, but the, the words won't come up on the screen. But just while the song's playing, I'm just going to pray briefly, just pray a verse actually. And then just consider while the song's playing, ask him, speak to me. What, what do you want me to ask for help with next? What do you want to talk to me about? What, what is he asking us to seek his help in changing? Just one thing, maybe. And then you can, you can if, if, if you want to, you can write it on the person. You can just write your name, put your initials, but you know what it, what it signifies. You can draw a picture if you want. Kids can draw a picture of something they like Jesus to help them with. And then while the song's playing, take it in turns and just go up and put it on the, peg it on the washing line. And that's us asking him to cleanse us, to wash us for forgiveness. Just in a moment of repentance and asking for his help. You up for that? Psalm 139, 
couple of verses from that just says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous weight in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Let me just read that again. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. While this song's playing, just speak to him, see what he wants you to put on the person and then when you're ready, you can go and put it on the washing line as well. So we were at a wedding yesterday of Ruth, our lodger, and one of the lines in one of the songs had the word unrelenting love. And so this morning we've been writing down things we want God to help us with and our character and you know, our lives and how we want to grow. And uh, I just wanted to say, I just feel like God wants us to know we have his unrelenting love. Whether you get it right, whether you get it wrong, whether you wake up early, late, you rush to church thinking, you know, oh my gosh, it's 10 o'clock start. You are, you are covered with his unrelenting love. And so Romans 8 came to mind. We often beat ourselves up when we get it wrong, don't we? And he wants us to know, and it was in that song, I'm a new creation, no more in condemnation. He said, so Romans 8, verse 1, therefore there is now no condemnation. There is now, if you've put your trust in Jesus, you belong to him. He will only ever look at you with unrelenting love. There is no condemnation. Because through Christ Jesus, for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Free. Yeah, there's more, but I'm going to stop. <laughs> Thank you, Andrea. Thank you. I'm just going to pray. And then we're going to sing one final song that we can just celebrate and uh, enjoy our amazing God. But Psalm 51, there's a wonderful prayer in there from the, uh, King David himself. And verse 10 says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Lord, we commit all these things, these prayers on this washing line here, these amazing people up there on their pegs. Lord, we commit them to you, and we ask for your help. And David continues, cast me not away from your presence, take not your Holy Spirit from, from me, restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Help us to be willing to partner with you in the amazing work you're doing in us, not for our glory, but for yours. Amen. Amen. Let's stand. Let's sing our final song. If you want to have a dance, children, you're more than welcome to have a dance. If you want to play a sax solo, Esme, you're more than welcome. <laughs> Gloria, glory maker, sorry, not Esme, yes, here we go. Amen, let's give our Jesus an amazing round of applause, he deserves all the accolades. Father, Father we thank you for giving us your son, that we might be, not be lost in darkness, lost and doomed in brokenness, but you gave your son that we might be rescued and lifted up to know what life really is all about. Lord, we thank you. We celebrate you. Help us in these coming weeks to make more of a difference for you, to seek you first, and may you eclipse everything else in our hearts so you shine brighter through us by Holy Spirit's help. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Feel free to...